Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Manor Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host Ali, and joining me this evening we have Sai and Dave. How are we, chaps? Yeah, uh, not great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not much better. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I'll echo that. Although I didn't get to watch the, the shower of rubbish that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I feel the same. Just a quick one, lads. As and anyone listening, you will have heard some fantastic music in the intro. Um, our intro and outro music will be provided by Apollo Junction, available on Spotify. So please go and check them out, subscribe to them, add them to your playlist, all that good stuff. It's just a little clip at the start, and you will get the full song at the end. So let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, tweet the band. Just a, a quick advert interruption here for you. I'm your host, Ali, as you've heard me as we introduced the pod. Just to let you know that this podcast is supported by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Champions of the world, you may say. Manscaped offers precise engineer tools for your family jewels. Manscaped have just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And with this, we have an exclusive offer for you. Enter the code MOTP at checkout at manscaped.com and you will receive 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Now, gentlemen, I don't know if you knew much about Manscaped prior to this, um, but I am a current customer of Manscaped, so to get the 4.0 from them, it's been an absolute delight. Simon, as a bald man yourself, um, you must be delighted with this, to see this. You can't stop using your, your shiny balls and your shiny head. You can't use the same razor for both. <laughs> you certainly can't, no, and uh, it, I do need something to, to keep what little hair follicles I have trimmed down, so... Yes, it sounds right up right on my street. This it's the look. This is it's genuinely it's it's like Dave. You said it before. It's it's a weird conversation to have. Just men talking about balls. Like it's it's, it's something we all go through. Nobody wants to nip their balls with a, a set of clippers and have blood dripping everywhere. Anybody anybody who who does trim downstairs, it's it's a product worth looking at. Definitely look into manscaped.com. Check out their products. It's. There's a wireless charging. There's there's a light on it if you want to be strange or surprise your wife. She will thank you in the end. Um, but if you try to do it in the dark, you try to sneakily do it. Um, it's all there for you. As I say, look when you get to check out, use the code MOTP, man on the post, manscaped on the post at checkout, and you will get twenty percent off and free shipping. And as we say, your balls will thank you. Anyway, chaps. Let's start the quiz. The boss man allowed me to do this, which I'm glad because I've wanted to change the quiz for a while to be a more 
Not a general knowledge one. Be fair, I, I think when you introduced the Scottish football round, I think that's, that was the time to <laughs> that, that was the turning point. Well, I, I did want to introduce other subjects, but it's like, right, it's a football podcast. I better not. Keith, Keith Ross gives me in trouble. And then Ross came up with the idea. So the, the general idea is it's going to be called Winner Stays On. Simon and Dave have given me their specialist subject. And then whoever wins, basically their subject remains for next week, and the loser has to choose a new specialised subject where they'll be answering five questions each and keep going until they can be beaten. We'll maybe have to come up with some sort of, I don't know, some sort of reward or punishment if, if the same person stays on for, say, ten, ten subjects in a row. We'll, we'll come to that at a later date, chaps. We'll, we'll wait and see how the first couple go first. <laughs> so, what have we got ourselves into here? Oh, no, yeah. We'll, we'll find out in about 10, 15 minutes or so, Dave. <laughs> Dave, if you could let everybody know what your chosen subject was. My chosen subject is uh, I'm Alan Partridge, Series 1 and 2, which is a TV show for you, Ali, who didn't know what it was. <laughs> I had absolutely no clue. I had to ask Ross what it was. I mean, uh, that, that is shocking. <laughs> I did promise I'm going to watch it, because Ross says it's in his top three British comedies of all time. So It is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give it a watch. Simon, your chosen topic is the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the John Fashanta years. But see, I know who the Red Hot Chili Peppers are, so you're fine. I had no idea who the guy was you're talking about, but at least <laughs> I knew who the band was. That's something, surely. It's, yeah, it's a start. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, gentlemen, five questions each. We'll do it alternate, just the same way as we did before. Dave, I will let you go first, since you're the first person to give us your topic. Right, Dave, your first question. Now, these are on Ross, because I've been busy this weekend. So, Ross looked out these questions. You can blame me every week after this. But the first one's on the boss man. So, question number one. What was the profession of the man Alan's wife left him for? I don't understand the question. What was the profession of the man's wife? Oh, I, I mean, I don't know, Ali. Right, so, so Alan's, I assume, bear in mind I've not seen the show, Alan's wife <laughs> left him in season one or two. What was the profession of the man that she left him for? Does that make more sense? Yeah, let's say it does. I, mean, I still don't know the answer. But, I uh, think I know this, you know. <laughs> Oh, well, there's no right, bonus question, but I'll pass it over if Dave doesn't know. Is he, is he the front man of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Because if so, I think we're... <laughs> uh, right, Simon, what do you think, guys? Um, is, he, is he a personal trainer? Yeah, fitness instructor, I'll give you that. You're not getting a point, but... No. <laughs> Just right, Simon. Prize. Question number one for yourself, then. Which album followed the mega-hit Californication? Uh, by the way... It was indeed 1-0. Dave, question number two. I've got, can I just say, that question was a lot easier than Dave's question. <laughs> Again, blame Ross on these questions. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me out of this one. <laughs> just, right. just, just wait on next week when my subject is the life and times of Dave Black, then we'll see you <laughs> so That'll be embarrassing if you don't get five out of five, will Dave? <laughs> I went psych them right and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave, question number two. What does Alan accuse Peter Baxendale Thomas of feeding the swans? He accuses someone of feeding them beef burgers because it makes their stomachs, uh, <laughs> make their stomachs um, larger so than they float more. But that might not be Peter Baxendale Thomas. Is that your answer, beef burgers? Yeah, I said beef burgers. Correct answer. Well done. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Ross had to Google these questions like I obviously would have had to or... This was just his knowledge of the show. But anyway, Simon, question number two for yourself. What year did Red Hot Chili Peppers have their hit single, Other Side? Ooh. 
I know the album it was on came out in '99, so I'm gonna hmm, gonna take a punt and say that it was 2000s. Correct answer, two out of two. Right, Dave. Question number three: Which mm. gladiator is Alan obsessed with? Jet, Jet gladiators. I think everybody was obsessed with Jet, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question like number. Question number three, Simon. How many singles were released from the album Californication? Uh, Yeah, just Californication, Around the World, Um, Scar Tissue, Other Side, was there fifth? Uh, There's definitely four, but I've got a feeling there is a fifth that I'm not remembering, so I'll, I'll go five. There is six. Oh. So there was Scar Tissue, Around the World, Other Side, Californication, Road Tripping, and Parallel Universe. Parallel Universe. Damn it. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that is two out of three for Sai and two out of three for Dave. Question four, Dave. Who is Alan's number one fan? Uh, it's the guy with the house. Um the guy with the house. No, he has, a, he, has, he has a house which is full of stuff which is like all Alan Porridge. Ah, um, right, okay. And he, and he, has, a, he has a tattoo on his back. Uh-huh. Um, but what is his name? Which is the question. His name is Jed. Do you need his last name as well? Uh, Simon, what do you reckon? Uh, no, I'll, I'll give him that. I mean, I, I do know what his last name is, but... but I want to say it's like, I want to say it's like Max, Max, Maxwell? Maxwell, yeah. That's the one. Three out of four. Dave, well done. Jed Maxwell. Uh, Question four for yourself, Simon. Out of a five-star rating, what did the Rolling Stones score the album, by the way? I mean, this is totally multiple choice. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm going to say they they loved it as much as me and gave it a five-star review. Oh, I hit the post. Four. Four out of five. Bollocks. <laughs> right, Dave. Question number five. Why did the police want to speak to Alan in the episode Basic Alan? He stole a traffic cone. He was trying to steal a traffic cone. Yeah, I'll give you that. Four oh, out yeah. of five. Yep. Right, Simon, you need this one, oh. or your losing streak continues, even on your specialised subject. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, you've I mean, lost. I've oh, lost. lost. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll go to the last question anyway. Name two singles from the album Stadium Arcadium. Uh, Danny California and Tell Me Baby. Yes, can you name any more? Uh, Snow, Desecration, yep. Smile, yep. Humpty Bump. Well, congratulations, Dave. You have won your specialised subject. Thanks. Your questions will remain with Alan Partridge, season one and two. And Simon, by the middle of next week, if you can think of a new specialised subject, and that will be your challenge next week. Yeah, I'll have a little think and and let you know. Right, gentlemen, let's get on to the football. And let's go straight back to you, Simon, on the verge of your defeat in the quiz. Aston Villa suffered their fifth defeat in a row, I believe. Well, 1-0 defeat to Southampton. Quite a nice goal, actually, from Adam Armstrong. So, yeah, like talk us through the game, and then, obviously, ultimately... But anybody who's now listening will know the news that Aston Villa today sacked Dean Smith. I'm not actually 100% sure how how the footballing world are actually feel about it. I mean, I, I felt it was 
kind of deserved and kind of coming. But obviously you were a bit different for me, Simon. So, yeah, talk us through it. Um, well, the game itself, the, the first half, obviously terrible start to the game, conceding after oh, it was like two minutes or so. And then the first half, we were pretty poor again. Um, second half, I thought we actually come out and, and had, had, try and had a bit of a go, but never really looked like scoring. But, but neither did Southampton, to be fair. They had one really good chance. Um, Emmy Martinez made a cracking save. The best thing we could have got out of this, it, we, we probably should have had a penalty. Um, I'm not really sure how they are. didn't have a look in it. It was a corner and Tyra Mings was running up to it and Romeo's just fully grabbed hold of his shirt and pulled him back as he's jumped up to head the ball. But um, other than that, so we, we didn't really look like scoring. But then what I would say is, for me, that second half performance, it, it didn't look to me like it was a performance um, that suggested that the players weren't playing for, for Smith or that they that he'd lost the dressing room. You know, it wasn't... You know, they, it, if the players had completely given up and down tools, we would have just completely collapsed. But they actually did sort of try and have a go. And, we, you know, we moved Emmy Brendier out to the right which is his preferred position, and he looked better, and Jacob Ramsey came on, and had it a bit more impetus. So, in terms of going on to the sacking of Smith, I'm, I'm just really good. It's, I'm really, really good. It's, I, I can sort of, I can understand to an extent why it happened. I mean, obviously, five defeats in a row isn't great, and the some of the performances haven't been good. And in the wider context of things, if you look, if you base it on the second half of last season as well, I think it's 18 league defeats in the calendar year so yeah. far, which, which, you know, there's no, you, you can't dress it up. That, that, that's, it's not good enough. But I, the fact that I, I, I still think that he hasn't lost the dressing room, that the players, the players liked him and still wanted to work with him, which suggests to me that you weren't at breaking points. That that I, I still think that he, I personally, I would have still given him much more time to turn it around, and, and I think he would have. And he, I think he, he's kind of said himself, you know, we we need to get players back fully fit. Which and I mean, I, I've said in previous weeks, and I come and almost don't like using injuries as an excuse because every team does have injuries, but. The fact is that I think Bailey, Buendia and Ings have only played together for a combined 35 minutes this season because, you know, one or two of them have always been injured. So I think I think he should have been given time to have a fully fit squad or as close to a fully fit squad as you can get and turn things round. But, um, you know, as I say, I, I can't understand why a decision was made. I think... Craig Shakespeare's left the club as well, which would suggest that they'd be confident of, of having someone in place fairly soon because you'd think you'd leave. Well, certainly, you know, obviously they've got a two-week break, but they must have be confident that they'd have, they'll have something in place for the uh, Brighton game in two weeks. But just like Dean Smith himself, I, I, I think a lot of Villa fans, not necessarily on social media, which, as we all know, is can be quite toxic, but the... You know, the, my mates I've, I've been speaking to today and the feeling in the ground is that we, we all just really liked him. You know, he's, he's a nice guy. He's, he's a Villa fan as well, so he made it special. Like, 
some of the comments from some of the pricks on Twitter over the last few days about him being really, honestly, really disrespectful and like wrong because because Rift's a bit of fan. He's he, he won't be enjoying what's happened. He'll know himself. He's yeah. not good enough. Like it, it'll be hurting him and his family as well. And you know, it's obviously you can't always feel too sorry for a manager when he does get the sad because he'll have them. He'll you know financially he'll be all right, but I'm like he'll he'll be really hurting tonight. And, and Villa, I think genuinely Villa fans, you saw the reaction since the announcement has been made today. Just everyone just seems really sad about it. But again, as I said, you can sort of understand it because even regardless of injuries, you know the it hasn't been good enough this season. Um, So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just good. It was really good for him because, because he's where, where we were when he took over. I mean, we were 13th or 14th in the championship and we're going nowhere. He, you know, he got us up in his first season, kept us up by the skin of our teeth, admittedly, but kept us up. And then last season, you know, obviously we tailed off from sort of February onwards, which I think has contributed to this sacking, but, you know, we we had a really, really good start to the season. He's he given us some really good memories. I mean, uh, any chance to bring it up the seven two against you? Least, you know, <laughs> so, but like that, they, you know, that's just something that I've never seen anything like that in my time as supporting Villa performance like that. Um, in, in the championship that year, he came. We won won ten games in a row, which broke broke a club record of, of winning games in a row. Had a cup final. So I think he'll go. He'll go down as one of the more popular and well liked Villa managers of of the modern era. Because you know we up until he came, we we had ten really fucking bad years at our football <laughs> club, and and he he bought the he bought the feel good factor back. I mean we've got an eighteen thousand waiting list for season tickets at Villa Park, which is that is just ridiculous when you think of where we were not that long ago. To have got that level of support for the club back, so yeah, just just really really sad uh, for him tonight, and just wish him all the best for the future. Dave, I mean, thoughts on the game, and uh, how surprised were you when the, you seen the official announcement on the on the manager? It's obviously given that yourselves have, have recently done the same. Yours was probably more expected, I guess, than than this one. Uh, yeah, it was. I was going to ask Sire if he felt that um, the decision had been made. Because a lot of the clubs around you at the table are doing the same thing. Think you think that's tipped the scale at all? Um, I, I'm not sure if, if that has made a difference. To be honest, I, I, I think it's more the 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 the, the fact that I said that that's 18 league defeats in 2021. I think that combined with the level of investment that's been made, and, and let's be honest, the, the quality of the squad. Like, as we said last week. That is a squad of players that that should be in the top ten for me. So I'm not I'm not sure if other clubs doing what they've done in recent weeks would have made a decision. But you know I could be wrong on that. But my feeling is that 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 isn't really a factor in it. No, oh, fair enough. I mean the game itself, um, kind of similar to what you're saying. The, the way it came out for that second half implies to me that you know the players were still on board. Um, as you see, we're probably unlucky not to get a point, really. Um, a little bit toothless on the night, but it's not like Southampton made hatfuls of chances. They had a lot of territory down that left-hand side where Carl Walker-Peters just had the run of the 
they were in the ground, but how many of those, you know, became clear-cut chances? Not that many, mainly because Maddie Cash worked his nuts off to make sure that no yeah. got past him. But, yeah, the, the players you've got probably are better than the results you're getting, of course, but like you also said, you've had a lot of injuries, but never really seem to get taken into account with these sacking and does it? It, uh, it just purely goes on the results, which is probably a bit unfair. Um, there's a Villa fan gets on the, um, the Newcastle Forum, I, I loiter on, and... Uh, He's more or less echoed what you said. It might actually be you, based on what he said. <laughs> um, just that, you know, Smith taking you from, um, well, the Bruce year, as we'll find out, it's going to take some recovering from. Yeah. Um, but he did it very quickly um, and really showed up how average Steve Bruce is, uh, which, you know, I'm all for. So um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame for him, as you say. I didn't realise he also lost his dad this year, um, who was obviously a big Villa fan as well. So. Um, pretty pretty rough going for Dean Smith, but I'm sure he'll bounce back with another job. Um, I agree with you and also that, that they must have someone lined up because I fully expect Shakespeare to be in that caretaker role, um, given that he's done it before. Um, but if he's been removed as well, then let's assume that someone's coming in very quickly. For Southampton, like, let's give them a little bit of credit during all this. They, especially the first half, they performed really well. Um, obviously Villa were much better in the second half but every time we seem to doubt what happens and the results they're having he, he seems to just get another little run together well he, he put the suit on again didn't he so that was a guarantee of a result but I also saw that um, other than Stephen Gerrard uh, Hassan Hoot was the other name in the frame for Villa which oh. would be an interesting appointment yeah I mean there's been obviously a few names looking about the um, the the other one is the uh, Denmark manager, whose name I've just got completely escapes me. Um, I, in terms of who will come in, I, I've honestly got no idea, which is kind of one of the reasons why I, I don't think it was necessarily the wisest move to have done this because I don't think there is there is an obvious candidate. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm sure the, the next couple of days. The uh, betting markets and speculation yeah. will be all over the place. So to be honest, I, I'm just I've just got to completely ignore the speculation. Just wait some official announcements made because I haven't got a clue. Yes, yeah, that's, that's probably the best way. Um, unless you've got the couple of weeks break, um, probably come at just at the right time for you guys. Especially obviously with with Smith leaving as well. So yeah, um, good win for Southampton and unfortunately another another defeat for yourself, Simon. But we will move on to the Saturday lunchtime kickoff, um, and my United were back. Normal <laughs> <laughs> service has resumed um, after Spurs doing us all a favour and just keeping keeping Ole in a job. Two 0 City. I don't think actually City were too impressive in this game. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts were, Dave, but I thought they just all they needed to do was turn up it seemed. They were a different kind of impressive, like they totally controlled the game. They weren't impressive in the sense that they, you know, blitzed off the park, but they just didn't have to. They just methodically picked away at like a scab until they got two goals and then just just passed the ball around for the rest of the game. For me, the biggest fault on that second goal was Maguire and Shaw. Obviously, De Gea should do better with the shot, but he, he can't. He can't have expected to, that to <laughs> that to come to that. I mean, they both left it for some odd reason. Um, and then obviously, you know, there's something enjoyable about a goal where the only person who knows it's gone in is the goal scorer who runs away <laughs> celebrating. Like, you've got to think something would be worthwhile just celebrating when you've missed and just hoping everyone else joins in. <laughs> but dreadful for Man United. Um, 
all, all of their flaws were absolutely laid out in full by Man City and the way they played. There's, there's literally no positives to take from this for Man United. Not, not one. Um, they were they were they were beaten in every department from start to finish. Um, and it sounds like Solskjaer is staying, which is fantastic news for everybody. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, on Man United, right? Because I mean, we all have a laugh, laugh and a giggle at their expense. I don't think any of us are too too fond of them. Um, but have we heard like all the the pundits talk about them this week? And obviously, the Champions League. Even Michael Owen literally had like a three minute conversation where he spoke sense. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. that was really that, good. That was that's how that's how bad Man United are that you're, you're getting sent out of a Michael Owen punditry. <laughs> well, this is the problem is that everyone who's commenting on it is people who are Ollie's friends or former teammates or whatever, and it's the same way from we had with Bruce in that none of them are willing to, to, to give you the truth. They'll give you the yeah. yeah, you know, the let's protect our mates argument, which yeah. um, unfortunately Bruce has managed so many clubs, he had so many mates, so. Um, <laughs> That was the problem we faced. And I thought it was hilarious this week uh, to hear Danny Murphy saying, oh, yeah, it's right to get rid of Farker and it's right to get rid of Dean Smith, whoever else he was, whoever was right to get rid of, um, because they aren't his mate. And, uh, you know, we, we were lucky to have Steve Bruce for two and a half years, according to him, um, <laughs> which just reiterates my theory that he is a waste of skin. So, um, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, he's just a ball bag in every sense. Um, I... Um, I thought it was quite interesting to see how different his comments are when it's, you know, not a favoured British manager of his. Yes. Um, considering he also was happy for Solskjaer to get sacked last night. Um, oh, 100%, yeah. I, I still, I, now, I, obviously I don't know the, the ins and outs of Man United as much as obviously my own club, right? Because we're obviously quite annoyed at our owners and somehow it's probably quite childish when, for the likes of yourselves, they look at it the way Obviously, we're spoiled, but I look at Man United and how much money they're spent, and I wonder how they can be complaining about their owners not backing the club. <laughs> like, can somebody enlighten me what I'm missing? Like, I'm not saying they're good owners by any means necessary, but they're, they're certainly backing the club. Doesn't make much sense I, to me. No, I wish I knew. I mean, like, Donny van der Beek gets, like, obviously, you have 10 minutes every other game if he's lucky. Um,. But he's, you know, he comes on and the fans treat him like they've actually just bought on Prime Canon now. But, <laughs> but the, the reality is, no one knows if he's good enough because he just didn't play and they spent yep. 40 million on. And then it comes back to what we talked about last week with Sancho, where the, you know, <laughs> they stalked Sancho for years, you know, like yeah. hanging outside hanging outside the school gates in that way in <laughs> Dortmund for, for years. And then they get him as they like, well, don't really know what to do with him. So yeah. enjoy it the It goes bench. back to my. The fact, well, I think we spoke about it when we spoke about Newcastle actually is you need somebody in with a plan and then you buy players for those plans and again it goes to the, the Michael Owen thing Simon that obviously you said you'd seen that obviously when Klopp came in he, he identified his system and that's the way he was going to play and obviously we were losing games and we were losing goals but rather than change the system he just got rid of the crap yeah because I'm dying yeah, uh, yeah 100% and <laughs> Whereas Man United, like their ego allowed them to spend eighty million on Maguire just so they had the world record defender, rather than getting a player that suited their style of play. Whereas <laughs> at the time they wanted to play high line football with a fridge in centre half. <laughs> and Harry Maguire's not a terrible defender. I, I, I'll laugh at him forever, and he looks so exposed. But if you put, well, just look at him at Leicester as such. Let's see, you if Sean Dyke signs Harry Maguire, 
I guarantee you somebody tries to sign him for at least sixty million the next season because he he hides the weaknesses and you know insensuates mm-hmm. the is that the word? And yeah, some of like that. You know, <laughs> high, highlights the strengths and hides the weaknesses, and that's that's what you do. Unless you're going to sign the best of the best, that's how you get the best out of players. If you've got like a a real I don't know a really good defensive midfielder who's good at tackling but he's really slow, all you do is you put a workhorse in beside him. Like even Brendan Rodgers managed that in his latter years of Gerrard, you know, and that's why he signed Henderson basically. You know, you put Henderson who's got the legs to run about and let Gerrard play football because Henderson's terrible at football. <laughs> you know, there's, there's ways to get around it, and Ollie's just genuinely a PE teacher. Like that, that Man United squad, whilst very unbalanced, we'll all agree that it should still finish in the top four comfortably. Oh, definitely. I mean, they just the the attacking talent they have is is phenomenal, really. When you like the the amount of options they've got. I mean, you've got Greenwood, Rashford, Ronaldo, Cavani, Sancho. Um, even Martial, you know, he's, he can be a decent player on his day. Bruno Fernandes, <laughs> you've got all those players, and you, you've just got a prat in charge. You've got no idea what to do with them. I mean, the game yesterday, it was in some ways, it was almost worse than the Liverpool game because it was like it was like Man City at two nil. It, it was like they knew. Well, we we could put seven or eight past them, but you know that is. Let's just, um, it's like, you know, uh, you hear sometimes Tyson Fury saying, oh, I, you know, I could have knocked him out in two or three rounds, but, but I wanted to, to give him pain for 12 rounds. You know, I wanted to knock him about a bit for 12 rounds. <laughs> so almost like City thought, well, you know, we could put five or six past him in the first half and really kill them off. But if it's 2-0, they might, their fans will think, oh, we're still in this. And then we get a goal, we could still come in this. But we'll just pass them and pass them to death. It was... Honest, it, it, it was like watching a, a group of like twenty-year-olds play play five-a-side against a group of ten-year-olds. It is just embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Man United go from. As you said, Dave, it looks like always staying. Um, Conte obviously is signed for Spurs. Um, I, I, I mean, look, we better praise City a little bit, but it's it's kind of it sounds silly, but it's kind of hard to in a game like this where anything other than a comfortable win. Just looks bad, <laughs> not really. It's, they, well, well, this is mandatory for them. I said there's not many teams go to Old Trafford and just you know win at a but they did. Um, yeah. as, as as did Liverpool a few weeks ago. As will most good teams against, as you say, when it comes down to tactics, there's only ever going to be one winner, and it's not in the Man United dugout, is it? So <laughs> you're, you're um, going to have to go on an awfully far down the list before you're going to get all the well, against well, well, this is it. I mean. <laughs> Even his team selection, I know he's obviously stumbled on this five at the back, which is which worked him against Spurs. But I mean, he could have played one at the back against Spurs and won. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were very lucky in midweek against Atlanta, who, as usual, battered them and somehow didn't win. He threw in Eric Bay in this game. Eric Bay, he's, he's he's like tight to scramble, and he's like he looks solid for. for, for, for X, X amount of time, and then he just does what he did yesterday, which is slice one into his own net. Um. But to me, like McTominay plays centre half of Scotland, and he does an alright job. And the problem that I'd have been playing him at centre half is when you go a goal down, which is always possible against City, you don't have to change the whole team. You just bring him into midfield and you know yeah. do whatever else you want to do. But by playing Lindelof and Bay alongside Maguire, like 
talk about putting flames on it, putting fuel on a fire. Like, you got three <laughs> morons there, and somehow <laughs> didn't work. Like, how is Victor Lindelof still at Manu? How is how has that happened? I don't know. Like, he's another one who like probably like, he's probably like the Swedish Maguire. Like on his day, he's probably quite good. It's just not the system for him at all. And he, uh, it's like the, the pair of them go out of their way to make the other one look good by like, well, I slice the ball in my own net. Oh well, I just <laughs> fell over twice. Like, well, which which one's better? Which one's worse? And then Eric Bay comes along and says, "Wait, lads, wait till you see this." <laughs> Hold my coat. Uh. <laughs> right, wait. Okay, let's get off this game because it is. We might get reported for um, bullying, and it's it's not great for the the podcast look. Um, up next was Brentford versus Norwich. Norwich coming away with a two-one win, and then pretty much two hours later, we hear Farker has been let go of his position. So his first win. This reminds me of the quiz question of the the West Brom one. Uh, from last week, chaps. Uh, yeah, so Farker gets his first win against newly promoted Brentford as well, and then loses his job. Timing may be a bit strange, but again, international window, so kind of, I get it, but it's no real surprise that Farker's lost his job ultimately, is it? Probably not, but I don't really see what 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 many managers could do with that squad of players, and it's just not good enough, but but Neve has his record been, so it's a weird one. Yeah, when you've won, what, six Premier League games in 46, 47? Yeah. Probably a good idea that you... <laughs> yeah. Not, it's, not, it's, probably, it's probably not for you. Um, <laughs> I don't think... That, I don't know if the squad of players is that terrible. They invest quite a bit in the summer. Um, there's a few who need to bed in, like that Rashidska. Rashidska, he looked decent in the, in the Bundesliga when I saw him play. Um, as did Josh, Josh Sargent um, and obviously Pookie has been there before and done it and um, you know Billy Gilmore was apparently the best player in the world when he played in the Euros in the summer so um, there's enough there's enough there to work with um, uh, I think they've probably done the right thing and rolling the dice and try to get someone out it's unfortunate that it's come after uh, after a win but why not give someone else a go keeping them up for a change? Because that's got a place, unless they appoint a total moron, it's probably going to be good enough to bring them back up um, if that's the route, the route they go down. I think the third for the job is Frank Lampard. Um, <laughs> it could go either way. Really could go either way so. <laughs> do, you, do you think a, a new manager's got a chance, or is it just get them in, change the philosophy almost, and, and prepare for next year? Um, yeah, well, in terms of the dismissal, I think, yeah, like, like Dave said, what, five wins in 46 or whatever it was, you know, you're not going to keep your job on that run. I personally don't think there is much quality in that squad. I, I, I think, I think he's, he's good enough to stay up and I don't think they will, whoever they bring in, but you never know if they get the right person in. You know, there's every chances, there's, there's plenty of time in the season to turn things around, but, um, I think, on, judging by the way Norwich tended to sort of operate in the last few years, I think whoever they get, obviously whoever they get in, they'll they'll hope we'll be able to keep them up. But I would imagine that whoever comes in would probably be 
with some sort of viewpoints of well, we want to make sure that he'll be able to take his back up if we go down because there's every possibility that they will go down and they'll know that as well and so yeah it'll be interesting to see see who they get in yeah again as you say Dave says that obviously Lampard's favourite which can really make it relegated from the championship next season do you know what though to be fair obviously we we have a big laugh at uh, Lampard because he was just woefully underqualified uh, for the Chelsea job but in his first season at Derby in the Championship, they they did finish in the play. They got to the playoff final. So the problem that that he had was he, he was overpromoted too quickly. If he'd have he'd have stayed and had another year in the Championship, you know he he could well still turn out to be a good manager. But he he would just he, he should never have been put in the position that they was put in. So it kind of we had a bit of a laugh about it. But if he went into Norwich and they went down. He's at least got a year's experience of managing in the championship. And Norwich are a well-run club at that sort of level. So it, it might not be the silliest thing in the world. Man on the post exclusive. No, I, I agree. Simon wants Frank Lampard as Aston Villa. No, 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 no. <laughs> Norwich, he's suited for not us. <laughs> I, I do agree that. I, th- I know we laugh at Lampard, but I, I, mean, I, I think... When Chris was host now, I used to argue with him that I thought Lampard did well at Chelsea, considering the lost Hazard, who was, by the time he left, pretty much a one-man team. Um, and they weren't allowed to buy anybody else. Obviously, they had all the loanies in the world to bring back in, but um, I thought he did well to get them back in the Champions League, but that was a step too far from him. Um, which isn't really his fault, like I say. He, um, he came in to do a job. Tuchel took over and made him look like an idiot, basically, because he took that same squad of players to win in the Champions League. Um, so, but there's quite a bit of difference between being a Champions League manager and being good enough for Norwich, which I think is where he may well find himself. But um, I, I don't think he'll get a job higher than that at the moment. Can we uh, talk? Can we talk about Brentford very briefly before we move on? I was on? just away to bring them up, so yeah, crack on, Dave. Oh, good. I reckon they'll be in the bottom three by Christmas. Yeah. Discuss. Yeah, I can I can see that. I think they're um they're they're going through a tough period at the moment, aren't they? Which is always going to come. Um, yeah, they they're they're one of those. They, they sort of remind me a bit like. Do you remember when Blackpool came up under Ian yeah, Holloway? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was I, I was going to say Hull, but you know either, either one. Yeah, to leave as appropriate. That they they're capable of of producing results. You know, they they they've clearly got some decent players in there, but there's also probably too many championship quality players still there. So yeah, I think I mean they 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 could find themselves in a bit of trouble, but it wouldn't surprise me if. If they got like, Tony firing and then Bremo firing, that they may pull up a couple of results together. But yeah, I can see where well, you're coming from. I mean, they've lost the keeper for several months, which um, apparently is a big blow. I don't, I don't know an awful lot about him, but um, apparently he's quite integral to them playing off on the back. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they cope without him. Uh, Tony has two goals to his name. And we talk about him like he's, you know, mm. more seller, but <laughs> he hasn't really hit the hit the heights of the way people talk about him. Now he's a handful, don't get us wrong, and they're our next opponent, so I'm obviously signing out death warranty. <laughs> 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 
Tony Hattrick in two weeks. <laughs> I, I know, Tony Hattrick at his, at his former club. Ruins Eddie Howe's debut. Um, <laughs> let's say, you know, they've got us away, they've got Everton at home, Tottenham away, Leeds away, Watford home. The next five, it's, um, it's not the nicest run. Mm. That Watford game um, might end up being a bit of a six-pointer by what will be nearly halfway through the season by then. So um, I just think, you know, losing home to Norwich is... It's, it's bad. You know, it's very, it's very bad, and it's like Norwich have barely looked like winning the game at all this season. Um, they barely like scoring. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah, and they were two and up and missed a few chances to make it actually heavier than two one really. Um, so, yeah, they've got they probably desperately need the international break just to to regroup, but uh, they're looking more and more like the team that won the playoffs um, than an established Premier League team like they did a few weeks ago. Yeah, you've pretty much summed up all my thoughts. So, yeah, I, I like the Blackpool comparison. Um, I, I also feel they're being almost a bit too stubborn, trying to, whilst it's commendable, the Premier League, you can't just stick by your philosophy um, week in, week out. If it's not working, sometimes you just need to change a little bit. Or, or even just do in-game tinkering. Because it's all right saying they were hard done by obviously like the the Chelsea game we can always go back to. Um, obviously they got they got the draw against Liverpool didn't they? Yeah, three all. Um, where they played great, but <coughs> games that have they just you know changed little things. You know the 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 points total might be a bit different, but yeah, the injuries are massive, um, and they just lack goals as well. Like as you said, Dave, like Ivan Tony just it's all right saying he keeps playing well and he's getting all the plaudits, but. With nothing to show for it, it's almost like the team of Pookie from two years ago when it uh, Norwich were in the league. You know, he started well and then kind of just drifted away. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Um, I mean, uh, him and Embuemo look like a real handful, but neither of them have uh, scored as many goals as they maybe should have done, which may just be unlucky, like I say. Um, they're our next opponent, so we can help them out with that. But yeah, nice. As of now, you know they um, they seem to spread the goals out a bit. Quite a few defenders have got goals and things like that from mighty throw-ins and, and corners and things. And they had a lot of success against Liverpool by playing very direct, um, yeah. which, which I don't think they've really done in other games. I think the problem with uh, the direct way they played against Liverpool, there's not many teams who be so open and high up the pitch as Liverpool. So there were there was loads of room in behind against us. So they're not going to get away with that against a Norwich or against a even a Chelsea as such. You know, because Liverpool plays such a high line. Like it's, it's almost like remember that Southampton Leicester game uh, from last season, the nine 0 one. <laughs> Liverpool genuinely played the way Southampton played in that game. And, and they won't change it for anybody, as I just talk about the stubbornness of other teams, but, you know, we, we are so high-line, and if you've got players like Tony Embuya that can, you know, are can physical, like, mix it up, and they're getting in behind, the, the the long ball works, and that's what that's where it came from, really, ultimately. Yeah. Shall no, we, uh, we, uh, yeah, let's move on. Move on to the, the Chelsea-Burnley game. Um, I was delighted by this for two reasons. One, Chelsea dropped points, and two, Burnley got a point. <laughs> um, Magic Sean Dykes does it again, Dave. Uh, this, this is, you know, we always say, how did Burnley get that amount of points? <laughs> this, this, is, this is how they just 
invoke the role as Homer Simpson as a boxer and just get battered and battered and battered, <laughs> and then when the other team are tired, they push them down. <laughs> and that's, that's basically what happened here. Like they didn't cross halfway for eighty-seven minutes, and then uh, and then the equaliser nearly won it. Yeah, they, they, you could almost say they deserved to win it in the last what ten, fifteen minutes or so. Well, uh, I think that's stretching it. <laughs> well, no, they, they, they probably had the better chances come come the end of the ge- chance come the end of the game. Like Chelsea kind of ran out of ideas. The, the not having a strikers finally caught up with them. I know, well this is the problem, obviously they played us last week and to be honest, it was quite a similar game for 60 odd minutes when we had them, not at arm's length, but they weren't really you know, creating clear-cut chances and then Rhys James scored an unbelievable goal we then had a goal for it and the rest is history but um, they got their goal here um, quite early on and just never managed to find a second goal and as you say, the lack of strikers available to them really cost them I mean, that Ross Barkley playing almost as a false nine. I think that sums it up. I know. How, how, I think we said this the week. How has this happened? Like him and Loftus, <laughs> him and Loftus cheek. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, well, let, let's tie that in with our next game, which sums up again. It's a point we brought up last week, Dave. But obviously, as we said, Ross Barkley's getting a game. Loftus cheek's getting a game. So if we we go to the Crystal Palace Wolves game, um, which was the last three o'clock game, and a certain Conor Gallagher. Scores uh, again and so put an, an incredible performance. So if you're Conor Gallagher, you, you're obviously keeping an eye out on Chelsea games, yeah. If you're on loan, you're keeping a. If he's seen these players playing in front of him, <laughs> is, is he losing respect for the club? Thinking I don't want to even go back there. I'd quite happily just sign for a team like Palace, where at least at least they can see I'm any good. I think they'd be quite happy watching Ross Barkley miss open goals from 12 yards and going, you know what? I think I'll get back on that team next season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just a moving objects one by one. It's like at least you know, at least they know now that Ross Barkley's not good enough, and they can just get rid of him. I know, and then Conor Gallagher can, can waltz, waltz back in and uh, have a great time. I think it, I mean, he can run all day. Um, he's he's like a throwback box to box midfielder, which you don't get an awful lot of now. You get a lot of midfielders now who are the one thing or the other. Um, yeah. He just he just runs the length of the pitch over and over again, <laughs> um, and but he's very technical as well. Good finisher. Um, I like him. I think um, I think Palace went a really good thing this season. On Wolves, again, nothing to worry about. Still playing really nice football at times. Um, just kind of not not playing out the results the way they want. But Zaha, when he's on form, is. He really is untouchable at times. Um, and then as we, we, we just spoke, waxed lyrically about um, Conor Gallagher. Um, that's the end of the three o'clock games, chaps. We will take a short break there and then we'll come back with Dave's reaction to Newcastle result and who, obviously, the, the impending manager should be. So we'll be back in two seconds. And we are back. Dave... Unfortunately, it's your tie next. Um, <laughs> tea time kickoff, but a one-one draw with the uh, high-flying Brighton can't be bad with no manager and obviously well, uh, maybe a certain certain manager sitting in the stands. Yeah, I, I, I always dread this fixture because it's like the ultimate clash of styles, where like Brighton play a very nice football and keep the ball on the deck and just generally pass round us for ninety minutes, and, and we don't do any of that. Um, we don't press; we just let them let other teams have the ball. So. I really wasn't looking forward to this. Um, I thought the penalty was... 
I thought had, referees in general had a really bad weekend. Um, not just the refs on the field. Some of the VAR decisions were a bit weird as well. But um, for this one, the ref didn't give a pen in real time despite being stood probably eight yards away from it. Um, they then watched it on replays for two minutes and decided it probably was a foul after all that. It, it, I don't think this would have been given against some of the top teams. I just... I don't get this clear and obvious thing only seems to apply in, in, in instances where you know it, it's going to it's going to favour the big teams. I don't see how we can look at something for two minutes and then say it's a clear and obvious error. Um, when he takes well, right. when <laughs> he takes a st- he takes a step after being probably caught, uh, he takes a step and then falls over. Like that, it obviously wasn't enough to knock him down, was it? Eventually, Brighton got sort of sick of passing around us. Um, started to get a bit sloppy. Gave away a free kick. We worked it wide. Good knockdown from Clark and Hayden got an equaliser. We didn't deserve to win the game, but we should have won the game because um, obviously Wilson went round the keeper uh, <laughs> and then and then went down, having been kicked, which the referee gave nothing for in real time, which I think is absolutely <laughs> re- remarkable. That was um, unbelievable. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's like it's like the Pogba one the other week in Liverpool when he, he flies in two footed and nearly breaks Kate's ankle. Um, you know, yellow card in real time. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yellow card, and then obviously on the on the VR, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, it's pretty pretty horrendous. In fact, borderline GBH. Oh well, we'll send them off them. The refs they're either being very um, very cautious because the new VR can dig them out, or they've just lost the plot. <laughs> yeah, they seem to have lost the bottle collectively. Um, yes. Why would Callum Wilson go down with a foul outside the box with an open goal when we haven't won a game all season? doesn't make any sense. We're not playing for a red card. Um, obviously, Shelby decided not to shoot at goal when they oh. sent a half in goal, which Christ is equally e- equally as infuriating. Uh, and obviously, we, we didn't manage to go on to win the game, but it's a point I didn't expect to get. Um, it's a point we barely deserved. Getting all three would have been probably a bit of a travesty, but um, beggars can't be choosers at this stage. Um, having spent the week Waxing lyric about Unai Emery, who then decided to turn us down. Um, I'm 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 alright with Eddie Howe. I, I th- I, the only reason I'm slightly disappointed is that I felt we could have got him when Ashley was the was the owner. Um, so it's not really a, a massive leap in that regard, but at least now he's going to get all his backroom staff, and he's going to presume to get funds in, in January to to buy what he sees fit. Um, uh, he talks a good game. Um, he obviously did a great job with Bournemouth to a point. He probably stayed too long. Um, he gets a lot of stick for his, uh, what he did in the transfer market, but I think <laughs> a, lot, a lot of it's forgotten on the players he bought to get Brighton where they are, where they were. Um, and everyone remembers basically Ive and Slanky, which were largely wasted money. Um, I guarantee that one of them is ending up at St James's Park in January. I, I was more hoping Demo Carigi. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think who else we've got in our and I'll say Nat Phillips. Do you need a new centre half? Probably. Um, I, I'm hoping Eddie um, goes back to the same scouting team. Um, and we can. Well, he might, but I mean, if you look at Solanke, um all right, he's currently the, I think he's the second top scorer in the championship, which isn't really an accolade. Um, but at the time, he had played for Chelsea's youth, he played for Liverpool's youth, he won the Under-20 World Cup with England, he was playing for England Under-21s. 
Um, they took a gamble on him. It didn't pay off. Um, it, it wasn't like it was a total stab in the dark and he was buying some sort of has-been. He was a player with a bright future. It just didn't work out at the time. He may well yet work out. Um, obviously, Eddie Howe won't be there to benefit from that, but that's kind of kind of where that's at. I mean, obviously, the, the Jordan I one never worked out, and that was that was bad news for him. But um, it was the Brad Smith one for me. That was the <laughs> well, yeah, that was a bit odd as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> My my thing with Eddie Howe is that I, I agree, I think the job he did at Bournemouth, uh, like you said, uh, to a point where he probably stayed too far, it was a really good job. Like he, He's clearly, clearly a decent coach because Bournemouth, especially in those first couple of years, like they, they were very good to watch. They were attracted to watch, which after a couple of years of Steve Bruce in charge, like I'm I'm sure the Newcastle fans, that, that's something to look forward to. The one reservation I would have if I was a Newcastle fan was he, uh, in his time at Bournemouth, he, he can't organise a defence, or he certainly suggests that he doesn't know how to because because they were always, you know, the conceding the most goals or, you know, the top two or three teams for most goals conceded. And with an already pretty ropey defence, that, is that an element of concern for you, that his defensive records? It is a concern, but um, the, the the amount of personnel change we've had at that, that back is uh, is bad in itself. Um, I also think we've got better defenders than Sue Cook and Charlie Daniels and whoever else he had at Bournemouth. Like you know, they, they were a lot of them were with them in League League One and League, possibly even League Two, um, and I think. You know, we've got Fabian Scher who sat, sat on the bench, can't get a kick, who's probably better than both of those. Um, Fernandez, I, I really like Federico Fernandez, but he, he can't get a game. Um, we're playing Kraft, Lascelles, and, and Clark with our three centre halves at the minute, which is mad. Um, so I think with some fresh eyes on, on the players we've got, we can set up better and also give them better protection as well because that's something else we don't really have. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see us going by. Jefferson Lerma or, or um, you know, another hold midfielder in uh, in January because you know Isaac Hayden's been with us since the Championship days and probably isn't up to it um, as a starter every week in week out. He's a good squad player, but um, you know you look at a lot of the teams now and they've got a proper dominating centre midfielder which we don't really have. Um, so there's there's a lot of work to be done. I'm, I said before, I'm looking forward to seeing how. A, a relatively, you know, not dinosaur manager will set us up. Um, we should have enough going forward to make teams worry about us. Um, we've got Brentford, Norwich, and Burnley at home. Three of our next four fixtures, where we, you know, we really need seven points. So, um, and certainly in the case of a Burnley, they're not going to come and play for three points. We're going to need a manager who's going to set us up to go and break down that team and make sure we we beat them rather than. Trying to nick a one nil against them because you're just not going to do it. They'll, you know, they'll defend crosses in the box all day and things like that, which is what would happen under under a Bruce or, or even Jones. It hasn't really changed an awful lot. So, um, um, you know, an, an attacking manager is great when you've got good attacking players, which I think we do have. Um, and we will just have to hope that he finds a combination in the defenders until at least January, um, when we'll hopefully strengthen that area. Arsenal Watford. Um, again, Arsenal another like mocking team of this podcast, but um. They're kind of shutting us up, Simon. Um, they're up to fifth in the league with another 1-0 win, and 
I mean, you could almost say they were quite lucky in this game. Ben Foster was phenomenal. I can't actually feel sorry for him being on the losing side here, but the the goal that Arsenal scored, uh, a case for it to be disallowed? Yeah, that, that's, I think there's, um, you can certainly make an argument for that. Um, nice finish from Smith-Rowe, who's... Oh, definitely. He's, uh, he's, he's certainly really blossoming uh, this season. I mean, yeah, Arsenal... I'm just looking at the table now. Two points off four. <laughs> Even four for that. shit, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, um, no, I mean, yeah, we're, we're at the moment possibly maybe making to look a bit bit silly from how we were talking at, at the start of the <laughs> season. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you just got to credit them. They've, I think that's eight eight games now in the league unbeaten. Um, so yeah, you, you've got to say fair play to them. I, I think we. Sort of said last week that they, they've got they've got some good young players in in that in that squad and the key is uh, for the, for t- t- I mean the key is for the senior players to, to stay fit because if they're re- if if they win a situation where say uh, a Bamiang party got injured or you know out out for a spell then there's not there's not that experience in there to to, to guide. Some of these younger players, but um, at the moment they're doing really well, and um, I suppose it's kind of showing the value that of sticking with our test at the moment because I think there was a legitimate case that you know at stages last season and certainly start this season, I don't think many people would have been shocked had he lost his job, but they've obviously sort of bought into. The, the project, for want of a better term, that that he's that he set out to achieve at Arsenal's, yeah, they they they're going along quite nicely at the moment. So fair play to them. Be interesting to see how they get on against yourselves, uh, Ali, after the international break. Because yeah, the thing about Arsenal for a long time is that they've been so far away from sort of the the top four or five teams in the league, um, and in some cases even even lower down than that. But um, they've really been able to compete with the, the biggest and best for a while. Um, probably for the first time in a long time, they're going to go into that game with a bit of form. And Liverpool, you know, wouldn't say they're out of form, but they're, they're maybe not firing on all cylinders at the minute. So um, it's quite amusing that there's you know, two points between in the table and 20 goal difference. Which <laughs> 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 is ridiculous, yeah, one, really. But 1 0 to the Arsenal is back. You've scored 31, Arsenal scored 13, um, and you've conceded only two less. But that, that was Arsenal's problem today. They, they should have won this game comfortably. Yeah. They had two, dis, two disallowed for offside. Um, one was ludicrous where um, Aubameyang touched it for no no reason, really. Um, yeah. I've seen that. And the other is, is that what he did when he slid in? Was he the one that was offside? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what what? <coughs> I know. <laughs> You would, and well, the other the other one was a bit of a, a rarely seen offside where the um, the player who touches it on is beyond the keeper, and there's only one defender on the line, so right, uh, yeah. that was offside. Um, but you know, as you say, the goal they got was quite fortunate, really, because one, it um, should have been played back to Watford, um, and, the and foul two, and the there's a potential foul in there as well, which would come back to the refs again. Yeah, for um, me that was a foul. I don't know. What yeah, the, that that was the biggest one for me as well. <laughs> uh, again, just no consistency at all this weekend. It's very, 
Very strange. Who's going on between refs and VARs and things like that? It's uh, they, they probably need a break as well because um, they're they busy. I'll give them that, but um, there's absolutely no no consistency from one game to the next. Um, yeah, but, yeah. consistency is key, Dave, as well as you say. It's from game to game to game. We're just we're just not seeing anything close to what what we have been. And VAR had been working really well this season up until this is probably the worst weekend I feel we've had with not so much controversy as we did last season, but you know more talking points that we really needed to have. Yeah, yeah it's it's I don't know. It's it's nowhere near as bad as it was. That, that's you know that's to be fair. But, <laughs> Definitely. Um, there's just, as I say, little little things which I guess are all subjective. But it's a, it's a problem with the way things are worded than the, than the way they're actually being carried out. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Going back to our penalty, you know, it probably can, I can see why they're giving us a foul, but I don't think it's a clear and obvious error, and that's where the problem lies. Um, mm. But. I don't know, probably a discussion for another, for another time, but Arsenal are, are going really well at the minute. Um, it's a sh- they'll probably be annoyed they've got the national break now because that's two weeks to to think about a trip to Anfield, um, where, yeah, two, again... Two weeks for Liverpool to get players back. Well, that as well. And, you know, traditionally, um, Liverpool have, have, have absolutely ran Arsenal ragged at Anfield um, in recent years. Um, granted, David Luiz has been at fault for most of that, but we'll see <laughs> what happens this time around. Absolutely. Well, well, we'll move on to the next game. We'll move on to the next couple of games because um, I'll be honest. These these next two games, I've seen nothing from the Everton Tottenham yeah. game apart from the actual red cards, and I've just seen the goals from the other from the other game. Yeah, I mean the the red card was as clear a red card as you'll see according to the the clip that I've seen. That's all I've seen is a clip of it. But now now Everton Tottenham and a uh, Bossman's leads. One Leicester one, where Leeds' only real real glimmer of hope in staying in this league, I feel, is Rafinha. Um, I mean, Dave, I'll, I'll come to yourself on this one. I take it you'll have seen probably more than me and Simon. I haven't. No, um, that's oh. the problem with the, the problem when they have three games on at two o'clock and and the yeah. show Arsenal v Watford is that I thought you know what I'll do I'll watch match of the day while we're talking about this and they've shown the two televised games first. Oh, come <laughs> on, I mean, give us give us a chance here. Um, so yeah, I'm currently watching the end of Arsenal v Watford. Um, uh, Leicester had recovered a bit, but again had a bit of a poor draw in midweek and not the best result here. For, you know, they, they need to start stringing some results together if, they, if they're going to try and affect that top four. But with every passing week, it's looking less likely they're going to have a have a run at that. Um, they are twelfth, which is probably underwhelming. Um, Brendan Rodgers has been linked with the Man United job in some quarters. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Um, I'd, he'd be an upgrade. I'm on it. Well, yeah, I yes, but so would, so would you, Sarge. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, as much as I hate Brendan and dis- disparage his um, credentials, but I actually think the Man United job is more suited to him than Conte was. Conte's definitely a better manager. I just think the players available right now, I think Brendan, his system and his tactics, what he could get out of them, I think would be much better than certainly over what Ole is. Um, but then most managers who are available, to be honest, I think I think it's set up for for Rogers really well. I totally agree. 
Yeah. Totally agree. I, I think he'd comfortably get them into the top four. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll go back to almost the way Leicester won the league. Like that that style, you know, where they just that deeper back four, um, two two deeper midfielders. I could see him doing the McTominay thing that you said, Dave, you know, in the centre half. Yeah. Letting him come out and then just counter attack football. Just. I, I still believe Man United's biggest problem, and it would be Brendan's biggest, because Brendan has an ego, is, is the Ronaldo issue. The, I, I'm t- Ronaldo might be the greatest thing and worst thing to happen to Man United at the same time. He's <laughs> going to get go- I think he's the top goal scorer this season. Um, but he's also the reason why the, they don't look fluid either. He's, he's just capable of scoring absolute world class goals. Um, so I, I think Brendan would be a great choice for Man United if they get him. But only to get them like almost solidify second or third for a couple of seasons. I, I don't think Brendan's capable of winning the league. I just I thought for a while that you know he'd stay at Leicester because they're under a good thing and you know generally he's done very well there. But just seeing a few signs recently, this you know maybe a little bit stagnant. And uh, if a job like that came up, I think you'd find it pretty hard to turn down. Yes, yeah, de- uh, he, he definitely wouldn't turn it down. Uh, uh, again, I, I know I sound like I'm slagging him off, but Brendan has a, he, he definitely has that self-confidence, shall we say, that he belongs at a, a top excellent club, you know, a, a Chelsea, a City, a Liverpool. Um, I think he's probably talking like goal would have been to end up at Chelsea at some point, but if Man United come calling for a British manager, uh, is he technically British? Yeah, he is. He's not an island, isn't he? So, yeah, he's technically <laughs> British. Um, I, I, I just don't think any, Unless you're like a, a Gerrard or a Lampard, I think we'd maybe turn down a Man United. But un- unless you're like you know well and truly associated with a club as a player-wise, I just don't see any any British manager turning down Man United. There can't be many who've managed Liverpool and Man United. I wouldn't have thought. Oh God, sir! <laughs> I don't think there'll have been any. Nah, no, none that springs to mind unless you. That's a quiz question for next week. <laughs> That's something like from 1919 or something, mate. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll move off of those games since neither of us have seen it and Dave's actually waiting on match of the day to see them now. Um, we'll come on <laughs> to the game that, again, I have seen nothing of and I'm so glad. I don't even want to talk about it. But, chaps, I'll bring it to you. West Ham 3, uh, Liverpool 2. West Ham overtaking Liverpool in the t- league. It's just a really enjoyable game of football from a neutral's point of view, but um, I think Alisson probably had possibly the worst game he's had for Liverpool. He was at fault for at least two, if not three, of the goals. Um, and I, I do wonder now if teams will start doing what West Ham did here, which is basically whip corners in right under the crossbar and have everyone stood around Alisson because he just couldn't handle the, the physicality of it. Um, you see this, though. I did, yes, yeah. So, so what, the first goal, do you make it a foul or not? Or no. What was your... It, no, no, it's not a foul for me. I, I think that keepers do get too much protection and there are some cases where it's, it's justified, but I just think for me, it, he's got to be stronger. It's, there's nothing... As, as far as I'm aware, that says that you can't make contact with the keeper. You can't impede them, obviously. But I, I don't think, I don't really think Obama did. I think if if Alisson is isn't so focused on 
trying to get into a wrestling match with Antonio and just which is a ridiculous decision. Man. I don't know why anyone would would want to do that. I suddenly wouldn't <laughs> want to get a physical like Antonio, but it, it always baffles me why why keepers do that. They 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 get themselves so preoccupied with the player near them pushing and shoving that they're not focusing. If you just focus on the ball and go focus to just go and catch it or punch it and be strong then if you do genuinely get fouled, it will get picked up on but anyway. So, no, I thought he was, he was just really weak there for me. I, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, no, I, similar to be honest, I, I expect it to be given as a foul because it's, it's just a goalkeeper. Um, but I'm pleased it didn't um, because there was very little in it, to be honest. Um, I thought, uh, again, like West Ham got the tactics spot on. Um, they just played played it exactly the way that they should have done. They were very very compact and deep but also, you know, didn't actually Antonio, they managed to get players up with them when 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 they broke. Um I thought this game really highlighted how uh how much Liverpool are missing the midfield at the minute because Oxley Chamberlain decent but you know not at the level he made with this sort of game. And I thought at times it was quite noticeable Alexander Arnold was pretty much playing centre midfielder to try and pick a pass because uh, no one else was going to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it was um, it's a strange game um, from, from Liverpool's point of view because at, at times it was only Van Dijk in defence. <laughs> um, it was seemed to be very easy to to uh, to get beyond that that defensive line, and it was uh, you know it was it was down to Van Dijk having to make four or five last ditch. Interceptions or tackles just to keep it, keep it, uh, keep it close. But West Ham deserves the win, and you don't often get that against the big teams where you know another team comes and plays them and actually deserves the win. I, I thought for for West Ham, what was really noticeable from today was do you remember the last season? I think towards maybe the eight or nine games ago when. West Ham was sort of fighting for the top four and Liverpool went to, away to West Ham. I think before the game, we all thought, you know, they, they can get a result here. This is a real opportunity for them. And they, they just, they were really weak and just didn't have the go. And I think they might have lost 3-0 in the end. Um, yes, I remember the, the, the great counter-attack goal when, uh, was it Shaqiri pinned, pinged the ball over the top of Salah? Yeah. Like, like a West Ham corner or something? But yes, yeah. Game, you know. And so the difference between that to the West Ham now, where, you know, obviously they, there were periods where Liverpool had a lot more of the ball and they were compact and, you know, sat deep and tried to hit them on the counter. But it it just felt like a completely different performance in that in that game last season. I think they thought, I, I don't think they believed that they could go and actually compete and beat them, whereas now the confidence that they're in, it, it, it was just... Uh, Oh yeah, really, really good performance. And I mean, I we sort of we were all wax lyrical about Declan Rice uh, last week. And I think I said last week, and I may say again, I think Rice and Suchek is arguably the best midfield combination in the league at the moment. In terms of a midfield pairing, they they just they're so important to the way West Ham play. They're really, really good good players. They protect that the back. Well, the two centre halves particularly, they, they get a lot of protection from those two. You know, it's essentially four centre backs at times. Um, but it also means that the the full backs can get involved further the field. But all, that, that front three or four, um, so good at, at not just counter attacking, but 
at uh, Harry and the other team as well. Um, mm. you know, I mean, Ant- Antonio is obviously a lot to worry about anyway. But um, for now, um, you look at him and think, well, you know, standard Spanish flair player. Um, quite likes getting stuck in as well. It's uh, it's quite refreshing to see. The one thing I would say about the game, I think West Ham were fortunate for Aaron Creswell to have remained on that pitch. Yeah, and this was another great VAR moment where the ref in real time didn't even give a foul, I can't remember. But, um, I don't think he did, because I'm just looking on the uh, thingy now. Creswell didn't even get a yellow card. No, 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 no foul. No, was given. Which I, I find incredible. Now, I will say it looks worse when you slow it down. But when you look, you only have to do is look at where he's made contact on Henderson, and it's 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 fairly high up. It's definitely endangering an opponent. Um, I'm very surprised it wasn't it wasn't given on VAR, given the amount that are for that sort of tackle now. Well, the Mason Holgate's red card is basically the same sort of thing, yes. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so. no, exactly. Fair <laughs> point. Yeah. I'm not adding anything to this game at all, chaps. I'm I'm just staying out. I'm going to stay calm and composed this week. Um, the team can go Trent, fuck themselves. Trent's free kick was was outstanding. <laughs> That's that positive. Very, yeah. very yeah. clever the way they did that shifted so it didn't have to go over. You know, Suchek and Rice. It went over. Uh, <laughs> went over um, Jared Bourne instead, which is a much smaller target. Um, Dave, Dave highlighted it best. I mean. For, for everything I've read from like Liverpool fans and other WhatsApp recommenders, I mean Trent's having to play centre midfield because Fabinho's basically in there in his own because basically Jordan Henderson, I, I'm not even going to just get into a slating contest. He, he shouldn't be playing at a club at Liverpool week in week out. It's 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 he's not good enough for it weekend. There's games that we can use him in, yeah, absolutely. And Oxley Chamberlain, no, no, just no. Um, so you've got Fabinho trying to do midfield on his own. You've got Van Dijk trying to be a defender on his own. Because again, our standby Andy Robertson is fucking useless. Uh, he has been for about eighteen months now. Um, I thought he was, was really noticeable how bad Robertson was today as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So often he was the overload, and uh, so few times. He must have had ten crosses in open play, and I don't think any of them, bar maybe one which Mane valued, were, were actually anywhere near a, a, a teammate. Yeah, just um, Simicus must have to be. It's like I, I listened to the the Villa podcast a couple of weeks ago, and they, they talked about when Ashley Young came on in centre midfield. Uh, was that last week, Simon? Yeah, yeah. And the young midfielders need to be turning around saying, "Well, hold on, wait a minute. We're actually midfielders." Um, Simicus needs to turn around and say, "Look, just even give the guy a break. Like, what do I need to do? Every time I play, you know, I'm playing well." Um, but again, like I wasn't getting negative. Fuck Liverpool. We'll deal with after, we'll deal with after our Arsenal break, chaps. <laughs> um, credit to West Ham. We we all said all fun. We 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 enjoy what I, I mean. Granted, I didn't see them today, but we all look forward to our West Ham game. We enjoy the way they play football. West Ham right now, um, and David Moy, sorry, right now is manager of the year. I don't think anybody can argue against that. Oh, right <laughs> now, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've got a long way to go. Granted, but. Um, unfortunately, I mean, the, the manager here always tends to go to the, the manager who's won the league. But if West Ham are, I, I don't think they'll finish in the top four. I think we'll all agree they'll probably drop out. So if they finish even, say, six, again, that's a great achievement for West Ham. And to me, that's more impressive 
then Pep Guardiola winning the league. Or Thomas Tuchel winning the league. The thing is, Ali, I mean, you say you, say you think they'll drop out, but who, who, do, you think, who do you think they'll get in? Well, uh, yeah, actually, oh, no, the way Arsenal are playing, I, I, would, I would fancy Arsenal over West Ham. I don't know if I would. I know, I mean, it's, if those two went up against each other, I think it would be... Well, one, I'd love to see Ben White go shoulder to shoulder with Antonio because that would end <laughs> in, only, in only one way. But um, I think, I mean, one, who thought we'd be talking about this is who would finish for her, these two. But, <laughs> but, but right now, I mean, the only thing you would say is maybe, maybe West Ham's European commitments might catch up with them later in the season, yeah, which Arsenal yeah. won't have to worry about, which yeah, might be a factor. Yeah, that's exactly what um, <laughs> Well, perhaps you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but right now, as I said off air, like I enjoy watching West Ham play. They've got they can you know the score a lot of goals and set pieces, yes, but they're also a threat in open play as well. Um, they do a lot of things very well. Um, I think they've got a better team than Arsenal right now. Probably more streetwise. Arsenal got a, a lot of young players who yeah. are looking very good at the minute. But um, as I said before, in a big game, I'm curious to see how they'll get on. But yeah, it's um, it's a battle we didn't think we'd be talking about. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's isn't it funny? Like so, David Moyes had just never had that eight month spell at United. Everyone would oh, be looking 100%. at what he's doing with West Ham now, saying, yeah. "God, he should be less Man United manager." I, I tell you a lot. If, if Brendan Rodgers was to go to Man United, Leicester would do could do worse than appointing David Moyes. Dear God. Yeah. <laughs> Again, with the squad that they've got, I think he's suited to, to that Leicester lineup. That brings us to the end of the football for this weekend. Simon, if you could just let everybody know where they can find you and anything you're working on. Uh, so on Twitter, it's at Sire Regan and for the fans, the Hulkcast podcast and 7500tohulls.com is the website. And Mr. Black, yourself. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CM9798. Uh, and the website is cm9798.co.uk. And you can find us at Man in a Post on all your social media platforms. Uh, be sure to check out manscaped.com using the promo code MOTP for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. You're, as you, we go off the air, you will hear music by Apollo Junction, the song Light Up the Sky, which you can find on Spotify, and the link will be attached in the bio. So give them a check out as well. Um, thanks to the guys for for supporting us. Thanks to Manscaped again for, for helping us bring this podcast to you guys every week. Gentlemen, thank you much for joining me. Thank you. Cheers, Ali. To you lovely listeners at home, thank you very much for listening. And always remember, keep your man in the post. <laughs>